When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Clear and comfortable out there this morning. You're able to breathe. The humidity has dropped considerably. How are you, everybody? Fabulous farm babe Pam Youngke. Kind of happy about the weather forecast I see in front of me. Today it looks like we'll have partly sunny skies. Top out around 78 degrees. Tomorrow, sunshine and 78. Thursday, partly sunny and 78. We stay in the 70s all week long with the possibility of rain creeping back in that forecast by the time we get to Friday. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist has our weather details in about 15 minutes. The Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service said as of Sunday, 83% of our corn crop in Wisconsin was at the dough stage or later. That means we're about six days ahead of our five-year average. 2% of our corn is already mature, giving us the real signal the harvest is about to begin. 95% of our soybeans have set pods, and that's six days ahead of our five-year average. We'll be talking more about the Crop Progress Report as the morning unfolds. Stephanie Hoff here with the Midwest Farm Report. Join me for a new monthly segment on the Midwest Farm Report. It's called the Gempler's Test Plot, where this month I'll try my hand at harvesting and pruning my backyard fruit. You can watch and learn about the tools and gear to get the job done. Since 1939, Wisconsin-based Gemplers has been helping farmers, ranchers, and gardeners get work done smarter, faster, and safer. Follow along with me at MidwestFarmReport.com. We need you and your rain gauge. It's time for the Rural Mutual Rainfall Report, and we need you to text your rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Be sure and include your name and where you're reporting from, because every month we'll pick a winner that will get a digital weather station, courtesy of the Midwest Farm Report and Rural Mutual Insurance. Premiums paid here, stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. Oh, I've been filling up on sweet corn the past few days, and the Packers season is getting underway. That means Scott Schultz here on the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire is going to be putting his feet up with big bowls of butter-soaked popcorn. But we don't often think about where that popcorn comes from. And, Stephanie, we have a little piece about uh, and some information about popcorn production. Tell us about that, would you? That's right, Scott, and I'm I'm with you. Popcorn is one of my favorite snacks, too. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And if you're wondering how popcorn is grown, harvested, made, Randy Teets of the Teets Family Farm in Watertown has all those details. The good news for consumers is that despite that harsh weather we've been having, the popcorn crop is looking to be good this year. But first, Randy Teets tells us about his farm. We've been growing popcorn for about 15 years now. Um, We started out really small with like one acre, and we did a lot of the work manually, picked it by hand and husked it by hand. Since then, we've grown to the point where we we grow about six different kinds and uh, close to 50 acres. So how is it different growing from sweet corn to uh, cattle corn? Sure. Popcorn is very similar in in terms of the way you plant it and the way it grows to field corn, 
or sweet corn. It kind of looks the same from, from a distance, but the, the cobs are, are thinner, a lot thinner. Um, but otherwise, the plant is kind of the same height and so forth. But, you know, the difference is really, you know, it pops, and it's uh, it's a hard kernel. It's a, it's more of a, a flint-type corn, really, and it's a, a really solid, dense, hard kernel, which has moisture in it. And when the moisture heats up, that's what pops it. Interesting. So when you harvest it, is it the same as you would harvest other types of corn? Yeah, pretty much. Other than um, we actually pick it on the ear, so we kind of use the old-fashioned uh, new idea corn pickers. We let it we let it dry out in the field naturally. I think that's one of the things that gives ours uh, our popcorn a really a fresh taste. We don't do any artificial drying. Um, we just let it dry out in the field, let Mother Nature take care of drying it, and then we pick it with a new idea picker um, and then run it through a sheller later on. So after harvesting, where does it go from there, from packaging to someone's home? Sure. So we we have a... a facility we built probably about 10 years ago where we do a lot of the bagging and we bag most of it into one and two pound bags some five and ten um, we have some commercial accounts some that take a little bit bigger quantities we usually either put it in uh, five gallon pails or 50 pound bags for them but basically our, our outlets we're in about i think we're in about 30 retail stores right now we go to various farmers markets including dean county farmers market economic farmers market hartford farmers market watertown farmers market um, those are some of the big ones we go to and those are our main outlets and then we also sell a lot online we probably raise um he said about 50 acres a year um and you know we probably look at about one ton of popcorn per acre so that gives you an idea you know we're probably in the you know depending on the year probably 50 to 100,000 pounds of popcorn so now talk to me more about the different varieties you have and how they are grown differently maybe yeah yeah sure so like a lot of the popcorn you get in the stores um it's very commercial it's grown because it can you know because of the yield it, it generates we we grow a lot of specialty popcorns um, more for the the consistency of the crunch and the and the even the flake we grow a, a hollis variety it's called white hollis so very light um not a lot of hull to it when you're eating it um we have a yellow hollis which is also very um, light compared to a lot of the commercial yellows you'd get um, we have uh, ruby red which is a real crunchy and has a dark red kernel a really crunchy popcorn and then uh, an heirloom variety we grow called uh, uh, shaman blue it also is very crunchy and um, kind of has various size uh, flakes when it pops up and then finally we uh, where we mix it all together we call it calico blend and actually i grow a lot of that i kind of throw all the seeds into the hopper when i'm done and i I plant a field and some of it cross pollinates and we get uh, multicolored. So it's kind of interesting. And then uh, finally, we have uh, mushroom popcorn, which is really big when it pops up. And they use that for, you know, kettle corn, caramel corn works really good for that. Wow, that is so interesting to hear. Now, what's the crop looking like this year compared to other years? Yeah, sure. It's been a good year, really good year. I mean, it, despite really almost drought conditions at times, we've gotten the rains when we've needed it. So our crops in general look really good, and the popcorn looks good. We did lose. We'll see how it turns out, but we did have a lot, probably five, six acres or so blow down on us when the, those tornadoes ran through um, southern Dodge County and northern Jefferson a 
few weeks ago. We're not sure if we had any tornadoes, but I, certainly we had high winds, and we had, especially Shaman Blue, that's the heirloom variety I was talking about, that that took it particularly hard, and that, uh, we lost, they said, probably five, six acres, blew down. Some of it looks like it kind of came back. It's probably going to be a bit of a mess harvesting. We'll see what we get out of it. Well, hopefully I'll have a good turnout. Now, what is your favorite variety? That's a good question. It, it depends on the year, and I, I'm not joking. It kind of depends on the year. Um, our popcorn does have subtle changes from year to year depending on the growing conditions, and so I kind of change my favorite. Right now, I've been eating a lot of yellow hollis and some shaman blue and, in fact, mixing them together. What's your favorite way of eating popcorn? Do you have any certain toppings you use? or? Sure. I- Really simple, um, butter. So being the dairy state here, I like butter. Um, I don't put any salt on it. I use salted butter, and that's enough salt. And basically I take, uh, we, we have a microwave pop popcorn bowl. We throw a third of a cup in there, a couple minutes in the microwave, and then I put some, you know, I melt some butter, 30 seconds, and that's the way I like it. Well, that is really neat to hear. Now, what is your favorite part about growing popcorn? Because how many people really do it? Not many people here in Wisconsin. Sure, it's a... It's yeah. There aren't that many. There's there's a couple other growers in in Dodge County that I know of, um, and and not a whole lot in the state of Wisconsin really. And um, in fact, we're selling um, this week a pretty big order to a, a, a huge retail farm. Um, they they do a lot of pumpkins, and it's called Pierce Family Farms. They're down the southern part of the state, and they're buying some of our popcorn to sell to their customers, which is which is nice, and and that we can help them out. But yeah, it's a it's definitely a, an interesting business. You know, we just kind of got in it. By accident you know I, I was always looking for something new to grow and i put i bought some and planted an acre and my dad's like what are you gonna do with that and i'm like i don't know we'll figure it out once we harvest it and we we took care of it husted it shelled it with an old hand crank sheller and in a couple of weeks it was all sold so we decided to plant some more our farm has never been you know it isn't huge you know we run right now we're running about 400 acres we own you know about 350 3 350 and 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 rent a little bit so you know at that size in in today's day and age that's not enough you know to make a living so you have to really kind of figure out what your niche is and and this has kind of become our niche so now if someone would want to buy your popcorn where should they go well, we're pretty heavily saturated in, in Watertown, Wisconsin, which is where we're from. We're in a bunch of uh, Piggly Wigglies throughout southeast Wisconsin. We are in discussions with Sendix Markets, so we'll probably be there hopefully uh, before the end of the year. Um, and basically, you can buy it online at teatsfamilyfarms.com. So in the fall, we have a we have a big pumpkin fall market at our at our farm on Highway CW near Watertown, Wisconsin, and we you know have a huge display of pumpkins and squash and all of that kind of thing and we certainly can sell we you can pick it up there where we'll be open probably the last week in september through the end of october at, right on the farm um probably thursday friday some limited hours and then all day saturday and sunday oh that is exciting is there any other further information that you'd like to share randy we enjoy being part of wisconsin and part of agriculture in wisconsin well that was randy teats one of the owners of teats family farms in watertown wisconsin you can support their business and buy some popcorn. It's a unique crop to Wisconsin's agriculture and definitely has different tastes with theirs. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Shell Stangler. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Dairyland Seed Pride. It's what you get when the corn you grow stands as tall as the... Thank you, thank you. That'll be all for now. 
I can take it from here. Excuse me. And who are you? I'm the new guy. Here to tell everyone that, starting now, we're going to start saying a little less and just let our performance do the talking. But I'm a voiceover professional. Talking is what I do. Yeah, but our corn hybrid lineup is the strongest it's ever been. With 210 top five finishers in 2020, first and university trials combined. So I'm afraid there's just not much to say when the data already says it all. What about Dairyland Sea Pride? Still there and stronger than ever. Same with our dedicated team and around-the-clock support. Just now we have the numbers to simply shut up and yield. So you won't be needing me anymore? Sorry. But I love this job. That's what makes this so hard. See how Dairyland Seed Corn Hybrids bring the yield in your soils and conditions at DairylandSeed.com. What have we here? Crackers. At least I think they are. They're in a cellophane wrapper. There are two of them. Crackers always travel in pairs. They snap like crackers. Crumble like them, too. Nine out of ten cracker eaters would give them a positive ID. But these aren't crackers. They're dinner. Jim Krevix for five days straight. There are people like Jim all across Madison. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply people like Jim over $950,000 in food through Dane County's busiest food pantry. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in clothing, shelter, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. From her mouth to the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, you can definitely take a deep breath of fresh air this morning if you walk outside. Uh, time to talk about weather and what we've got coming up. Stumuck, Ag Meteorologist, along with us. Tomorrow we're getting ready to head out on our farm tour going to uh, Utah, Arizona, and National Parks. And, you know, taking a deep breath of fresh air, the farther west you go, even as close as Minnesota, can't be taken for granted. I hear that fire in northern Minnesota just continuing to uh, sprawl. And that at, at a time when some of our area in Wisconsin's under flood watches. Yeah, it's it's been a drought in Minnesota for all of the summer. And they've got that fire in the northeast part of the state. And in the southwest part of the U.S. heading out toward Utah, there's going to be some smoke around there as well. And that air at this time of year isn't exactly what I'd call fresh, you know, that kind of smoggy, hot, thick kind of air. Oh, boy, that just sounds like a lot of fun. We don't have that. Let's let's focus on our Wisconsin nice, fresh air. There's a high-pressure center much further north up into Canada, and that's the reason we'll stay high and dry today and enjoy some sunshine and a very nice start. Fog in western and central Wisconsin, or even in the eastern part of the state, some patchy fog this morning. That's not going to be around for long, and overall, I'd expect a fair amount of sunshine. Western and southern Wisconsin with a bit more of a chance for some clouds today, having to do with kind of a wavy front. That same front we kind of had around last week, still just off to our south. Oh, it extends all the way from Ohio back to Missouri, turns northwest across Nebraska and into western South Dakota. And you look at the radar just north of that front from southeast South Dakota and northeast Nebraska down into Iowa. There are showers and thunderstorms this morning. 
They won't be moving our way. They'll move along that boundary, dropping down toward Missouri and central Illinois, but we may see a few clouds because of it in the west. Otherwise, really a fine day. Temperatures going to do their best to be around normal. That's still 81 degrees at La Crosse, dropping as cool as 78 at Madison. That's a normal daytime high for this last day of August, and that's pretty much the kind of day we'll see. A little cooler and a little more comfortable. Not quite so humid. We stay dry through Wednesday and on into Thursday as well, but low pressure will build in from the west. We'll pull that kind of wavy front back our way. What I've been seeing is that from the Dakotas into Minnesota, maybe northwest Wisconsin could see some rain already Thursday. For the rest of us, it's more likely late Thursday night in the west into the day Friday. And even then, scattered showers, a hit or miss thunderstorm possibility. That rain chance could linger just into Saturday, and we hold on to more normal temperatures then, not just through the uh, Labor Day weekend, but right into early next week. Still sounds very comfortable indeed. We'll have forecast details right after this. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us, and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. (laughs) So we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a zero-dollar energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. All righty, Stu, give me a snapshot on what we've got coming up. Actually, it looks pretty doggone good from my vantage point. It is very fine. Let's look for a little patchy fog in the west and south, even in the east, very patchy. And I'd expect more partly sunny skies in the west, mostly sunny the further you head east. And a lot of upper 70s, maybe an 80 lacrosse to Madison. Cooler over by Lake Michigan with a northeast breeze today, about 5 to 10. We'll stay clear overnight, drop back down in the mid and upper 50s. East winds, 5 to 10. Sunny on Wednesday, just fine. Mid and upper 70s. Northeast winds at 5 to 10. Mostly sunny Thursday. Oh, we could be back up in the very upper 70s, maybe an 80 in the west already. Northeast winds at 5 start shifting southeast on Thursday. And I think Friday then, Pam, that shower or thunderstorm could scatter back into the picture, but it won't be here for the entire weekend just to get it started. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll kind of enjoy what we got and then just wait and see what develops. Like I said, uh, I'm still kind of noticing they've actually got air advisories, air quality advisories out for northern Wisconsin because of that fire we were talking about in Minnesota and some of the other ones farther west. They just cannot catch a break. No, it's it's hung on, not just in northern Wisconsin, but northern Minnesota, that, that smoke and everything else. That's been over a month and a half that mm-hmm. they've been dealing with that kind of a problem, just lingering. You got buddies up there. Have they said, does it impacted business up that way? It hasn't done much for business, but there are days where they commented, it smells like somebody's got a, a leaf fire <laughs> under a tarp or something, you yeah. know, that it's just that 
that slow burning yuck. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. All right, buddy. Well, you are in the capable hands of Aaron and Stephanie for the next uh, week or so. Be gentle with them. Well, we'll be just fine. <laughs> All right, Stu. You thing. don't hurt the people out west. <laughs> I don't intend to. I don't intend to. Okay. All right, thanks, man. Stu Macher, Ag Meteorologist, with the weather details that you're looking for. And like I said, uh, we are happy to report that we're headed out on our farm tour. We're going to uh, Grand Canyon, Bryce and Zion Canyon, to name just a few of the highlights. Uh, Stephanie Hoff and Aaron Zimmerman will be in the big seat uh, taking care of things. And always remember, you are welcome to talk and text with them at number 877-301-FARM. 877-301-3276. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's the grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like discounts on select Granger products and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. We've all taken new appreciation for our backyards, and if you want to continue to work on them, McFarland's is there to help. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee for McFarland's in the heart of Sauk City, 780 Carolina Street or online, McFarland's.net. If you're looking at lawn care, look no further than the experts at McFarland's. Whether it's fertilizer, bug treatment, or bird seed, greenhouse kits or seed, they're ready to help. McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City, online at McFarland's.net or 643-3321. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank, where we can help you finance your new home and help grow your business. We listen to your goals, then offer solutions that simplify complex financial matters. We'll show you how easy it can be to get things done. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. When you choose from several options, you're likely going to save money. That's what a family-owned, independent insurance place like ours can do. When other companies offer you only one solution, Madison's Prairie Land Insurance Agency offers you a wide array of personalized, affordable options. Is your current policy really the best? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance Agency, your local, independent, home and auto insurance agency. For your free insurance review, call 251-3009. Prairie Land Insurance Agency. Our best is the very least we can do. Just about everyone from all walks of life have passed through these doors, each with distinctive skills, dialects, stories, all with a couple of things in common, sense of community and the love of a comfortable spot to chill out. The Tasting Room Lounge, the perfect refuge to enjoy your favorite cigar, spirit, specialty beer, or wine. 
indoor or on the patio. Find your spot at the Tasting Room Lounge, West Broadway, Monona. Every customer that drives into our shop is a preferred customer. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. When you need service, we automatically hand you a preferred customer card. It's good for specials and discounts, like a free oil change. And a courtesy inspection. Tom'sAutoCenter.com Tom's Auto Center With a getter, fix, getter, done To get you going, guys Off Highway 51 in McFarland A stone's throw from McDonald's I pulled up to the house, I'm like, ugh, we can't have that ugly house, you know. We really needed to replace the siding. We ended up going with Prairie Exteriors. Their pricing was really reasonable. I drive up to my house now, I'm like, oh my gosh, my house looks so nice now. It looks so amazing. I was so impressed. Improve the look and value of your property with one of the area's highest rated exterior companies, Prairie Exteriors. Prairie Exteriors, now that's impressive. PrairieExteriors.com Looks phenomenal. If you're talking, they will hear you every single time. Oh, we're getting killed. Yeah, well, Kyle's not here. How come? Kicked off the team. Didn't Tim tell you? Kyle and some other kids got caught drinking beer in the park a couple of nights ago. Really? Yeah. Zero tolerance. He's out for the season. Come on, it's a first offense, right? That we know of. But why should that matter? He knew not to drink. I've made it clear to Matt that's what we expect from him. What have you said to Tim? Um, nothing really. You know, a lot of kids try it at this age, so... Yeah, well, a lot of kids don't try it, too. I'm not saying that Matt's going to be this perfect kid, but if I don't tell him what we expect and why he shouldn't drink, how's he going to know? You think kids that age really listen? (laughs) They never admit it, Bill, but they hear more than you think. Talk. They hear you. For more information about talking with kids about underage drinking, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Zach, is Nebraska that bad, or is Illinois good, or what? What am I looking? What did I see with I Brett Bielema getting a win? Yeah, I think I think right now I think it's pretty clear those two are the, the worst two teams in the Big Ten West. I don't think we necessarily need to see anybody else. Uh, it was it was not pretty for either team, but <laughs> my goodness, uh, Scott Frost, yikes, yikes. big yikes. I mean, the dude, yeah, I mean, the, he's got the I don't know. You saw the graphic during the game. He's got the second worst winning percentage of any. Nebraska head coach. Mm. So like they gave so they gave up on Bo Pelini after I think like seven straight nine win seasons. They go to Mike Riley. He's got he goes nineteen and nineteen, and mm. now they turn to Scott Frost because he was going to be the savior. Well, he, he won a national now, championship. Just look at his ring. Yes, now I believe he's twelve and twenty one in his uh, now four years at Nebraska. It was ugly. It was ugly and great for Brett Bielma. I don't think you know he did it with his backup quarterback. Didn't really do a ton. Offensively, had a couple of big plays. Obviously, their defense scored, but yikes. Uh, yeah, that, I think that says a lot more about Nebraska than anything about Illinois. The funniest thing I saw was, uh, besides Nebraska, and Brett Bielema's gigantic gut, was your tweet saying Illinois is averaging 3.8 yards <laughs> per carry, and they just said Nebraska fans are having flashbacks of the 2010 uh, big, <laughs> big Ten title game. Zach, I don't think that's the case, is it? No. And it was, I mean, it was like... Yeah, oh, I think it's just, hey, Brett Bielema, they ran a jet sweep, so they must be having flashbacks at the time that, that Wisconsin put 539 yards on him and averaged over 10 yards a carry. Yes, very, very similar, Joe Davis. Good job, buddy. Mm. That guy that guy uh, clearly uh, just saw the score and didn't actually realize what Wisconsin did in that game. 
Yeah, I mean, again, Wisconsin never getting credit, but Zach, Wisconsin taking on Penn State Saturday at the camp. It's here, baby. We're going to be live at the Red Zone from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Would love to have you come down for one of those awesome interviews you love. I promise there'll be no touching, okay? Mm. And I'll offer you a drink. You'll say no, but I'll still offer. The the offer always stands for every you know Badger home game to give you a drink. You always say no. You're yep. responsible. Big J, we appreciate that. But, Zach, when it comes to rushing the football, as uh, the you know, were talking about kind of the Wisconsin when Nebraska was getting housed by Illinois. What's the running back room looking like when it comes to Wisconsin leading up to Saturday? Are we going to have a concern with um, um, Berger, Jalen Berger? Oh, 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 Jalen Berger? No, I think he'll be good to go. He's he's dealing with uh, a knee condition, Osgood Schlatter's disease, but it's, uh, you know, it's not something that I think is going to limit him to, to uh, on Saturday. Years. Yeah, right, exactly, 15 carries. No, but no, no, uh, there, there was no carry limit for him. And there was, it was, you know, there was no pitch count or anything okay. like that at all, for sure. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then Ches Malusi um, right there with him? Yeah. Ches Malusi. And I think the kind of wild card, uh, there's a couple wild cards, but I think the big wild card is Isaac Perendo. He had a really good camp, stayed healthy. He's easily there. He's, their fat, he's the fastest guy on the team at 215 pounds. And, it was running 24 miles an hour at one point this off season, so I think he's a guy that could also very much, if he stays healthy, play into that. Uh, it's Penn State, you know, their defense, uh, their front seven has has some questions, and I think uh, Wisconsin's offensive line at this point that you know we'll get to talk with some of the guys later today, and, and we'll have a little bit clearer vision of exactly who's all going to be there. But I think they're going to have their the five that they want, meaning they're all healthy and ready to go, and so. Yeah, I think Wisconsin's uh, run game is, is going to be a huge part of Saturday, as it usually is, but I think especially this Saturday, because I don't think Penn State's front seven is, is completely settled, and Wisconsin may be able to take advantage of that to, to start the year. Well, I want to talk a little bit about the Wisconsin wide receiver room uh, real quick, and obviously Graham Mertz, mm-hmm. but uh, give us a little bit of Penn State then. So they, you know, last year when everything was kind of shut down, it was Franklin saying, well, we're going to go no matter what. We believe we're a national championship caliber team. Even if 75% of the league can't go, we still want to play. What's Penn State, now obviously didn't live up to any of that last year. No. What's no. Penn State looking like, you know, coming into this season then, Zach? I guess you already alluded to week on the run yeah well so they, they went they uh started the season zero and five and then went on to win their their final four games um uh, they fired they so they brought in a new offense coordinator last year they fired him after last year so they're their third <laughs> offense coordinator in three years and uh you know they have a senior quarterback in sean clifford who took a significant step back last year uh but they're expecting him to, to be where um they're they're expecting him to be back to uh, to form, but we'll see. One of the best wide receivers in the Big Ten, and Jahan Dotson, and then their running game is, is going to be interesting. I, I know that there are some that believe their offensive line is going to be the best under James Franklin. And they got a stable of backs. Um, for some reason, they call themselves Lawn Boys. I still can't figure it out. Um, but uh, the the big guy is Noah Kane, who missed much of last year, pretty much all but four plays of last year. And uh, so I think their running running game is going to be a test for Wisconsin. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. So John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, is going to be catching up with us here in about uh, 15, 20 minutes or so. I think the markets are still wondering what the damage has been 
from Hurricane Ida. And remember, that hurricane went right up the path of the petroleum production in the southern states and uh, also could be impacting our fertilizer production, let alone the transportation mechanisms that agriculture depends on to get our products into the worldwide marketplace. So a lot of things to talk about with John Heinberg. He'll be joining us in just a little bit. I'm Pam Yankee. Now from the Alcivia Farm News Desk, here's what's happening on a Tuesday. So first, let's start off wishing happy birthday to First Lady Sue Ann Thompson, of course, the wife of Wisconsin Governor Tommy Thompson. She was born in Monroe County, had a degree in elementary and secondary education from Viterbo College in La Crosse. Did you know she was a Franciscan nun for five years in La Crosse, but then left the order and started her teaching career? She taught and raised their three kids in Elroy, Well, of course, Tommy focused on his political career. Happy birthday again to First Lady Sue Ann Thompson. And on this day, back in 1997, Princess Diana died in a car crash. Remember that? She's the wife of, uh, former wife of Prince Charles, the heir apparent to the British crown. Uh, She was fatally injured when the driver of her car lost control while speeding away from paparazzi. The crash happened in a tunnel, a road tunnel in Paris. Her companion, Dodi Fayed, was in the car as well and also died. All of them died. The driver as well as Princess Di and Dodi. Her funeral, one of the most watched televised events of the century. And now you know. Boy, here we go, flipping another calendar leaf and moving into the month of September. I'm sure there's some parents that are happy about that and some kids that are not. But schools are getting ready for a version of education. Some are requiring masks, others not. Maybe there's still some virtual going on out there. But the bottom line is all those kids need to be fed. And what they're eating may actually be coming from a local source. I got a chance to have a great conversation with Mike Gasper. He is the school nutrition specialist for the Holman School District, and he puts great emphasis on trying to make sure whatever kids are eating in the Holman school system, it comes from local farmers, and the school has dedicated resources to make sure that happens. I asked Mike to explain a little bit more about their focus. You bet. Well, I started with the district back in uh, 2008, and that was kind of really when Pharma School was starting to heat up a little bit. You were hearing more and more about it in the media and things. So um, I decided that's something we needed to pursue. So um, we're blessed in this area with uh, many um, really great apple growers, and we have a lot of great apple orchards here. Um, So we reached out to a few, and we ended up working directly with Eckers uh, Apple Farm. and uh, getting uh, fresh apples brought into school. And we would do it as long as we possibly could. We'd usually run out sometime between November and January, um, you know. But uh, as long as we could, we would get kids fresh apples. And the, and the difference, you know, when, you, when they're fresh picked and, and brought right from the orchard, it's, it's a pretty phenomenal uh, taste difference. Um, so we started there. Uh, and then uh, shortly thereafter, La Crosse County got a grant, the health department got a grant to kind of start a countywide farmer school program, so we became part of that as well, um, along with the school districts of La Crosse, Alaska, West Salem, and Bangor. Um, we kind of all came together and started working on farmer school. Uh, you know, we would try and um, coordinate our, our harvest of the month so that, um, you know, we could coordinate purchasing with, with local farmers. Um, 
you know, so it wasn't just a couple flats of tomatoes, for instance. You right. know, it was it was enough to um, really uh, uh, make it worth somebody's time to, sure. to grow these tomatoes or whatever it was. Now, aside from the fresh factor. Give me another reason why you were so motivated to try to figure out ways. And believe me, as we tell this story, you'll see how much energy it takes to figure out ways to get that farm produce that's nearby into the school system. Why was it uh, so important to you, Mike? Was it just the freshness? You know, um, even at home, my wife and I, you know, we really, we attend the farmer's markets. We, you know, try to buy locally produced um, food um, because it's important for a number of reasons. I mean, I believe, you know, the freshness certainly is important. The taste factor is definitely there. Uh, but you're also supporting the local economy. I think that's extremely important. Um, you know, and that's one of the things we've tried to do in, in our program, not just with Farm School, uh, but just, uh, you know, the milk that we purchase is all made within 200 miles of, of home in here. Um, we purchase bread from a local bakery. Things of that nature, we try to um, do to help support the economy, I think is incredibly important. Now, I know that there's there's been a lot of folks that have tried to go down this path, but logistics, that's something people don't always understand. Now, you've worked directly and you've worked with Fifth Season, kind of an aggregator in Viroqua. Tell me about the logistics that have to be kept in mind with these uh, good ideas. You bet. Most distributors, local distributors, the Reinhardts, the Barabusiscos of the world, they didn't have those those kind of places. Typically are going to require a manufacturer to carry a certain level of insurance uh, on their product in case there's uh, something unfortunate that might happen um, and somebody gets sick. So uh, the problem with that is um, the kind of really takes the possibility of a farmer directly selling to one of these distributors out of the question because the farmer can't afford the, the insurance that they have to carry. And that's where a, a fifth season co-op comes in. Um, you know, they're able to uh, carry the insurance for these farmers and kind of coordinate things so that, you know, if, if a school district or a distributor is looking for cherry tomatoes, for instance, they can get that all set up so that they will have a reliable local supply. And, and you know, selling local products is important to those distributors as well. Um, and I think that's really been something that people are, are really starting to focus on. You know, you see it in your local supermarkets, farmer's markets, everywhere. So um, that's kind of what Fifth Season does, and um, it's worked out really well for us, uh, especially with the Lacrosse County Farm School Program. You know, we've um, used Fifth Season to help us uh, arrange products for years. Mike Gasper, he is the school nutrition specialist for the Holman School District. And boy, let me tell you, they have gone from pretty simple beginnings of just trying to source some of their product for the school lunch program locally, like apples. Today, the Holman School District actually produces some of their own food for the kids, uh, including livestock as well as poultry. We're going to be talking more with Mike as the school year unfolds, so parents understand what your kids are getting when they leave the house, and hopefully kids understand a little bit more about where their food really does come from. We'll check in with the latest Crop Progress Report and John Heinberg in just moments. Stephanie Hoff here with the Midwest Farm Report. Join me for a new monthly segment on the Midwest Farm Report. It's called the Gempler's Test Plot, where this month I'll try my hand at harvesting and pruning my backyard fruit. 
You can watch and learn about the tools and gear to get the job done. Since 1939, Wisconsin-based Gemplers has been helping farmers, ranchers, and gardeners get work done smarter, faster, and safer. Follow along with me at MidwestFarmReport.com. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's the grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like discounts on select Granger products and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. The Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service said as of Sunday across the state, 83% of our corn was in the dose stage or beyond. That's about six days ahead of our five-year average. 46% of our corn was dented. That's five days ahead of our five-year average. And 2% of the corn was already mature. 78% of our corn is called good to excellent, three percentage points above last week. 95% of our soybeans are setting pods. That's six days ahead of our five-year average. Uh, 75% of our soybeans called good to excellent. That's unchanged compared to a week ago. Markets in overnight electronic trade this morning are holding fairly firm. Right now, we've got December corn currently trading up a quarter of a cent at 543. November soybeans are up a penny and a quarter at 1304 and a half. December wheat, that's down a half right now at 723 a bushel. Barrel cheese on Monday dropped three and three quarters cents to 136 and a half. 40 pound block cheese was down four at 171 and double A butter, that gained three quarters of a cent at 171 and a half. September milk closed a dime lower at 1666 a hundredweight. October milk closed 12 cents higher at 16.66 a hundredweight. I am very curious to hear what the market's reaction has been to Hurricane Ida and the disruption it's causing, not just in shipping channels, but with regard to our energy sources. That's one of the topics I'm sure John Heinberg is going to be talking about with us next. Can't get enough farm news? The stories you hear and more 24-7 at MidwestFarmReport.com. Compere Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compere Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our focus on exceptional client experience is at the heart of everything we do. And our financial team will help make every step easy and convenient. See why our clients trust us to make their goals possible. Compere Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. And MLS number 619731, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. Looking for that unique, one-of-a-kind engagement ring, something that you can customize yourself, maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more 
modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. This is Jeff Dunn from Dunn's Import in Middleton. Impulse buying. Be careful. Have common sense. I hear a few times a year how we went to Chicago and bought this car because it was an unbelievable deal and I really love the color. Then the beating begins. We want to inspect your purchase before the money is on the table. So do you. We can help you with your import car decisions before it's too late. Call Dunn's Import in Middleton for a buyer's inspection first. If you need to know about farming, then you need to know Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Well, I'll tell you what, we need to know what the ramifications of Hurricane Ida mean to agriculture. Joining us this morning, John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, Wisconsin. All right, buddy, uh, let me have it. I watched all weekend long the coverage of Hurricane Ida and one of the big concerns, it went right up the pipe when it comes to our petroleum industry, even our fertilizer industry. Tell me what you see. Yeah, that was obviously a big concern uh, as that storm would continue to brew and get got stronger moving into the Gulf. There was, you know, what could be the impacts in terms of the shipping side of the equation. And, you know, we're, you know, obviously one of the biggest things we're focused on in ag is exports and what happens with those terminals down there. You know, ADMs there, Cargill's there, Bungie's down there, as well as a couple other major terminals. Um, hearing some damage reports from some of those uh, terminals. I know I saw pictures from the Cargill uh, facility there and, there, and there's quite a bit of destruction there, and that's going to take some time to get back. The biggest issue is probably the power outages and things of that nature in that area. You know, right now about 59% of the U.S. ag exports at least in terms of the dry goods and, and grains come out of that uh, New Orleans area and the Gulf and the Gulf ports. So that's going to be something that comes into play that may have weighed on the markets a little bit yesterday. We had a pretty difficult day. There was also, you know, first notice day for September uh, contracts yesterday so people had to be out of those long positions. So that brings extra selling pressure into the market. So now we'll have to wait and see we did see the basis levels for the gulf kind of come down yesterday you know obviously we're hearing some backup and that's going to be obviously happening in this window and then the buzz too that there was some talk that china was picking up some more south american beans for october and that's the window that we want our beans to go out so what are the options on the ag side if we can't get things up and running in that area or we have limited production due to the damage that's in that some of that may have to move to the pacific northwest and that becomes its own issue in that regard now we got to get the the beans to the and beans and corn to that location and that counts on the rail traffic which is going to be extremely difficult which we've seen basically for the last year or so trying to get rail cars moving grain around well and i'm also hearing that the pacific west they can't find container ships they can't get it out once it's there yeah, this shipping issue and the cost of shipping is still something that probably weighs over the market a little bit overall. It's just and just a very difficult time frame. You know, you hear 
constant chatter about, you know, in China, we have ports closed due to the COVID variant flaring up. They finally got things moving there. We got backups and, you know, along the West Coast with the container side of the equation. It's just something that's still out there, you know, and the damage now, obviously, through Hurricane Ida is something that this market probably didn't need. Now, supplies are still extremely tight. I don't expect prices to go tumbling here in that regard. We still got a very strong domestic market that needs to find grain. You know, we'll have to see how that kind of plays out. But it's one of those things that could cause some issues. You know, we'll see how prices handle today. Today was a little bit, or yesterday, excuse me, was a little bit difficult in terms of things getting put down to some what we call support levels. We'll see if that can hold. And then we got to see if the technical side can kick in and, you know, get at least get some buying back into the market. If things break, you know, this could be a window that we see that fall low, maybe start developing, especially with the talk that, you know, the weather's improved a little bit and some of this crop maybe start to stabilize in some areas. Let's uh, pivot a little bit while that story continues to develop. Let's talk about the cattle complex. Uh, You know, there's still a lot of folks that are getting mixed messages, John, paying an arm and a leg for beef at the grocery store. And yet uh, supply wise, we're we're still doing pretty good. What's what's happening with the meat or protein complex? Yeah, watching that meat, uh, beef side of it probably more than the pork side. We, I, we've seen ca- uh, carcass values explode extremely high, record high, basically, in this window uh, for the year. It didn't quite take out anything from last year after the post-COVID issues. But we saw beef prices push $350 for the choice box. That's a, that's a good run in that regard. And that was starting to reflect over into the consumer. Packers are still keeping the lines fairly small. We're still killing about 120,000 head a day. You know, Last week, actually, cattle slaughter was down 2%. So that keeps that beef supply tight. Now, we are hitting the Labor Day window. We're probably through the buying spree for Labor Day. We are starting to see the retail carcasses starting to turn over. Now, they're still <laughs> historically high in this window, so we'll see how that reflects the cash market. But this might be that time frame of the cattle market uh, really dis- disappointed last week in its performance. Good, strong start to the week, and then basically sold off the rest of the week, and then we were softer yesterday. So maybe we're working to a bit of a seasonal low. I still like the long-term picture. Uh, in that cattle market, but might be a window here. We see prices roll over a little bit. I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of change to the consumer, though, in that regard, because the beef supplies are just tight because the packers just aren't moving a lot of cattle through the lines. Let's uh, talk about the crop progress report. Uh, you know, Wisconsin didn't have much in the way of blips. Did you see anything in the crop progress report that caught your eye? Not really. We're getting to that stage now where we were really kind of keeping an eye on where we were in the maturity side of the equation and things were moving along pretty quickly. But it seemed like with the wetter weather over the week, uh, things slowed down there. And now we're kind of back in line with historical you know, standards in terms of this maturity. But then yeah, obviously we have with when the hurricane comes through, typically on the backside, things have a tendency to dry out. Things have a tendency to get cooler as you know we change some of the upper airflow. So we we'll have to watch that. Still think this crop's going to get to the finish line pretty quickly, given the ground you know, moisture situations overall. Uh, so that's still something we're going to keep an eye on. So report was pretty quiet. Markets are kind of reflecting that on the overnight trade. I think probably the biggest focus is going to be what is that longer-term damage due to Hurricane Ida and what happens on some of those export fronts because we need those bushels to keep moving. And that's something this market's been very tender, very tender, very cautious about in terms of its price. Yeah, absolutely. John Heimberg's along with us, uh, Total Farm Marketing. He's an uh, advisor you can turn to. Their toll-free number That's 800-334-9779 or their website, totalfarmmarketing.com. And John, what's your email? 
John H. at TotalFarmMarketing.com. All right, buddy. Excellent job. Appreciate it. Next week, you've got Aaron and Stephanie in the big chair. Appreciate your time. Sounds great. Have a good week. All right. John Heinberg joining us live to cap off a Tuesday morning. This is the Midwest Farm